Hands up if you've ever had a row with your partner, your child, your housemate, your neighbours, your friends, your trainer about how best to train your dog. It is probably one of the most common arguments in animal or dog households and we're going to get into it today about how you can start to have that conversation with your partner about why you're choosing force-free positive-based dog training and why it works. Parenting your much-loved dog is a relationship like no other. Our dogs are individuals and there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to training. Hi, I'm Dr Holly Tett, professional dog trainer and clinical psychologist, and each week on Letters from Your Dog, we'll look at understanding specific dog training questions and struggles from your dog's point of view. Thanks for being here. Let's get to the episode. All right, it's confession time. Hands up if you have ever had an argument with your spouse, your kids, your neighbours, whoever it might be, about the best way to train your dog, about your dog's behaviour, about your response to your dog's behaviour, whatever it might be. I bet there's a lot of hands going up around the world right now because it is so, so common. I've definitely been there. And it's something (laughs) that people say to me, okay, my partner and I sat down and we had a conversation I'm like oh gosh what happened next (laughs) and often a lot of the conflict comes from different schools of thought in terms of how to train and the best way to train your dog and this particular episode today comes from a question I had from a client recently and she said to me what's the best way of helping my spouse understand that I'm training in a force-free way and why I'm training in a force-free way because he is someone who is much more he doesn't want to hurt the dog he doesn't want to upset the dog but he believes that punishment should be used to a degree to show the dog that he's done something wrong and I said oh this is very very common (laughs) Um, so let's talk about it so that's what we're going to discuss today. So this is a juicy one. I love talking about arguments. Very exciting. This is about as exciting as my life gets, you guys. (laughs) Um, So I guess one of the most common things is people who are new to force-free training or positive reinforcement-based training or whatever you want to call it, is that there's a bit of a belief that the dog starts to act up so they can get the treats, right? So people might say to you or your spouse, or let's let's say spouse, it could be whoever, but let's say spouse just for the, for the sake of me not listing out lots of people every single time. So they'll say, oh, well, he's only coming back because you've got a treat in your hand, or he's barking because he knows that when you say quiet, then you'll give him a treat. Now, for this one, I'm actually a bit inclined to agree with your spouse, (laughs) because for me, there's a difference between bribery and reward. Now, when you're using food as a law to teach a behaviour, so let's say the classic example is you're teaching your dog to sit and you use a piece of food above their head to lure them into position, that's how the majority of people teach a sit. There are other ways to teach it. I actually teach it with a toy. So I'm playing with my dog with a toy. I stop the toy moving. What usually happens is the dog's bum hits the ground after a while and then I go, sit. (laughs) And then we have another go with with another game with the toy. That's just one example. But 
because you've used a law to teach your dog how to sit, that's absolutely fine. But you need to then transition quite quickly to using that food as a reward, not as a law. Because otherwise what happens is every single time you ask your dog to sit, you have to have a piece of food in your hand to get them to do that. So in that case, I might agree with your spouse. (laughs) Um, The other example of, or your dog only comes back when you've got food in your hand. Again, when I'm recalling my dog, I'm not shaking the cookie tin. I'm not shaking the toy and saying, what's this? What's this? Come back, come back. I've put the work in before then so that my dog understands that the area around my body is where the cookies are, that understands that the area around my body is where the toy games are, so that they're coming back into that reinforcement area getting reinforced for being there and I've done loads of um, rehearsal and practice of that outside of the distracting situation so that when I do call my dog out and about they come back because they know it's reinforcing to do so rather than because they're seeing me shake the uh, treat jar or they're seeing me waggle the toy in the air and say what's this what's this so that's some that's something you can say so you can say hey it's not about using it as a bribe it's about using it as a reward And they'll be like, oh, okay, what's the difference? (laughs) And you can give them that example, but just make sure you've done the work beforehand. Otherwise, you'd be like, "Uh -uh." (laughs) I've got egg on my face. (laughs) So what I tend to find where people can go wrong with this, and this is the same for loads of things, isn't it? But it's when we try and explain too much, when you say, oh, well, you know, force-free training is really good because punishment's bad because of X, Y, Z. And when you um, are training in a force-free way, it's really good because of all of these reasons, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. (laughs) And when you over-explain something, it looks like you don't really believe it. So for me, I don't try and explain it too much. It's not my job to convince you. Like, I'm if you are fixing your belief, it doesn't matter what I say, you're not going to change your mind. And that's not my job to convince you. You can change your own mind. So instead of explaining and explaining, I'll explain it once in a simple sentence. Well, actually, the science says that positive reinforcement works better than punishment-based training. There's loads of research papers. If you'd like one, let me link them to you. <laughs> um, I also brought my dog into my life because I wanted to have an enriched and fun life together. That does not involve punishing them. And it works. And then instead of explaining and explaining and telling and telling, I show them. So I say, okay, you give me a couple of days. What would you like me to teach the dog? What would you like me to do? And then you go away, you do your research, you do that training, and it might be a couple of weeks, you know, it depends what you're working on. And then you show them. And you don't even have to do it that way. You could just sneakily go away and do your own work. So let's say there's something that your dog does, and both you and your partner find it annoying. And you go away and you work on that. And then you set up the situation where your dog would normally do the naughty thing. And you show the progress that you've made with your force-free reinforcement-based training. And you watch your partner go, oh, wow, look what he just did. And you say, yeah, yeah. How did you teach that? Oh, well, this is what I did. And it says it all. It's all in the action, guys. It's all in the results. So rather than explaining, 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 just show them. (laughs) And if you haven't yet got to the point where you can show them with your dog, show them with someone else's dog. Show them with my dog if you like. I've got plenty of videos that you can use in my private Facebook group. But just make sure that you show them that it works. That's honestly the best way of getting through to someone. The other option, if you're feeling a bit meaner, well, it's not even mean. Show them that their way doesn't work. So if they are someone, every time the dog jumps up, when you come in through the house, they go, no, get off, 
off, off, off. And the dog gets down and then they turn their back and the dog jumps up again. Or maybe the dog gets down and stops and then the next day they jump up again. I would say, so you know every time the dog jumps up and you tell him off, yeah. Well, it's not working, is it? What do you mean? He gets off, yeah, but he does it again the next day. Okay, I see what you mean. Well, how could we do that differently? Well, let's just think about how we could do this in a force-free way. So just starting to think about, okay, so either showing them that your way works or showing them that their way is not working (laughs) is another way of thinking about it. And then I also like to use some, some some comparisons. So often people say, oh, it's just taking too long. You know, it's taking too long to train this loose lead walking. Why don't I just snap on the leash and yank the dog back every time they pull? And you know, I hate, hate seeing that their little tail goes between their legs or they lick their lips really, really frightened and worried. Um, and I would say, okay, so when, when a child is learning to walk for the first time, do they get it straight away? And they say, um, well, no. Okay. So, and that's something that comes naturally. That's something that's natural to us as people. But a child will fall down again and again and again before they learn how to walk. And they keep on doing, they keep on trying. <laughs> and they fall down and they fall down. They hurt themselves and they get up and they try again. But it takes time. And it's the same with dogs. And with dogs, we're not teaching them something natural. Walking on a lead next to us with a loose lead is not natural. <laughs> this is something that is very unnatural to dogs, in fact. So we can't expect them to get it in a week or a, or a month even and especially if they've been pulling for six months it's going to take time to reverse that behavior so give it some time have some patience there's no need to resort to punishment just because something takes a little bit of time and then I also in the exact same example as I was just saying as a child falls down six seven eight nine ten a thousand times do they give up? No, <laughs> they keep trying. And it's the same for us. So a dog pulls us 10, 20, 30, 100 times. Do we give up? No, we patiently use the method that we're using. And there's a ton of methods for force-free loose lead walking. And we keep going and we keep persevering because we know when we get it, it's going to feel incredible. Our dog's going to be all proud, looking up at us, wagging, walking along. And we're going to be able to say, you see? <laughs> and there's nothing better than saying, I told you so. That's the best feeling in the world. <laughs> and then the last thing is just thinking why did we get this dog why did we bring this dog into our lives and this might sound a bit corny but for me it's the truth I brought this dog into my life to love them to give them freedom to give them a wonderful life and for us to enjoy it together that doesn't include punishment in my book if I want to have a loving, companionable member of my family that feels about me as I do about them, I'm not yanking them on their neck. I'm not screaming at them. I'm not smacking them. I'm not shouting at them or hitting them on the nose. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> They're a member of my family. So even if what you're doing is going to take a little bit longer, and there is a myth that says that force-free training takes longer. It really doesn't in most cases, but of course it's always going to depend on the dog how long something takes. But even if it takes a little bit longer than it would just to snap the collar or to shout at them, remember why. They're a member of your family. You love them and they love you. So treat them with love and treat them with respect. Okay, that's all for today. Take care. I know dog training can feel lonely sometimes, I've definitely been there and it's even harder when you feel like your partner or your kids or your housemates aren't on board with you. 
that's what so many people experience before they joined Canine Connection, my monthly training membership. And they love the support they get inside the membership. We have a private Facebook group that I'm in every single day and you can chat to your other members, people who are in the same boat, get some support from them and from me. And we have bi-monthly coaching calls as well. Plus all of your training materials and videos, more than you can shake a stick at, so you can really hone in and start to make some progress. Canine Connection isn't open at the moment, at the time of this recording anyway, but if you want to jump on the waiting list and be the first to know when it does open, you can access that link in the show notes. And once you're on there, I might send you a couple of little surprises along the way as well. See you soon.